Hey everybody, it's Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley here, Michaela from here on out, and I've spent the last 20 years in education really honing my craft in connecting with other people, in connecting with students and connecting with teachers and bringing high quality instruction and professional learning to them. I'm excited to take that on the road and into podcast world so that I can reach more people across the country. And really what I set out to do is to bring you incredible value through either my own insights and especially insights of others who have a lot to offer and share. It's been a tough couple of years in education. Let's have some fun. Let's learn a lot. Reach out to me if you ever have anything you want me to cover on this. And until I hear from you, enjoy our episodes. This podcast episode is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get everything from custom food bowls for your pets to chore lists for your family in more than 15 vibrant colors, all custom designed. Visit his store on Etsy by searching the 3D Printing Man, all one word. Again, that's the 3D Printing Man on Etsy and get 10% off with the code DISSECTED. All right, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to let you know I am so excited to officially announce our summer live free virtual event titled Self-Taught, How to Have the Year You Want Next Year. I'm really excited because I know that teachers want to have a joyful year um, where they're equipped to handle all the more challenging things that COVID and the pandemic learning year has brought to us. And I'm excited to actually help that happen. So you can go to drkeganyadley.com. I'm going to mention it in our episodes also. And you can sign up for uh, this free live event. Um, I'll send you reminders about it. It's really going to be amazing because what I want more than anything is for you to have the transformation that you want, which is enjoying teaching again and being equipped to handle the new challenges that we have in the face of what's happened over the past couple of years. But without further ado, let's get right into our episode. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We are with Amber Harper today. Amber is a full-time kindergarten teacher and teacher burnout coach. She's the mom of two girls. She loves running, biking, hiking, anything on or near the water. And most importantly, she works with teachers who are experiencing some level of burnout and helps them become quite the opposite burned in. Here she is. What I always do is I ask a guest to introduce themselves because I think it's much better for you, the listeners, to hear right from our guest than to have me introduce them. So Amber, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I live in Northeast Indiana. I'm going into my 14th year of teaching this coming fall and not consecutively, <laughs> not in the same grade, not in the same district. Um, I've my, my career has taken twists and turns, which I've looked at now as a strength and as me really trying to figure out where I fit in this system um, in, in a way that's best for me. I have uh, two daughters. We have a 20-year-old and a 14-year-old, and I'm actually married to my high school sweetheart who is a, an elementary school principal in the same district that I'm in. Because Amber is a teacher burnout coach, and I've seen her be pretty real online, I was curious, what was her story? What, when did she start teaching? What's her burnout story? And what got her to the place where she is to start helping other teachers? And here's what she had to say. Mm. Well, I will try to save you and your listeners hours of time because my story is really a story of a roller coaster of burnout and me really trying to, like I said earlier, trying to figure out where I fit in this system. 
And uh, my teaching career really started in 2007. Um, I got my very first classroom and uh, it was first grade. And it was in the same district that my husband was already teaching in. It was the district that we met and graduated from. So we knew everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people there. And um, I was so excited because I felt like, you know, we we are in this community that we know really well and um, our daughter will go to this school and we live right down the road and it's it's going to be so perfect. And it so was not. <laughs> um, I was <laughs> I was unpleasantly surprised how hard it was to work with the team that I was placed with. I am very outgoing. I'm very extroverted. I have a strong personality and all of those things are good unless you're not self-aware of how, you know, to kind of keep yourself in check, which is one thing I, I teach in Burned In Teacher University. But um, I was just met with a lot of resistance and um, I was looked at as being bossy and trying to come in and change everything. And I was just really excited. You know, I came in with that new teacher energy, as I'm sure you're very aware of. And it was just really disappointing. And I just felt really stifled and um, I, I also felt the same feeling from my mentor. She was not kind. Um, she often pointed right in my face and yelled at me and told me what I shouldn't be doing. And I'm just like, man, like I just, I just kept thinking, and I still have this mentality today. Like what would she do if I, if she walked in and I was doing that to a kid, you know, I, so I was just really disappointed because I didn't feel like I was working for leadership that was treating me the way to, that they expected me to treat my students. And that continued to cause a lot of cognitive dissonance with me, um, within my, within my head, um, for the whole eight years that I worked in that building. Um, so finally, though, after two years of working in that with that team, I was given the opportunity to move to a different grade level. And that's when I learned that making a simple shift from one grade level to another can change your life. <laughs> uh, I fit in so well with, with that team. And actually, um, not with everybody on that specific team, but with certain people, we moved to a different grade level together. And I just, I really did have a pretty positive experience with my teammates. We became really great friends and did a lot together. But again, like I said, there was still always that place where I just, I couldn't seem to figure out my, my relationship with my administration. And those relationships are really, really important to me. I want to feel like we're on a level playing field and that I'm being set up for success and I'm not going to be blindsided. And that was definitely not the, um, not the environment that I was working in. So I rode this roller coaster of burnout. And not all of it had to do with work. Um, something I've learned about burnout is that, you know, you can have personal burnout too. <laughs> and, you, you know, moms can burn out. Um, parents can burn out. And um, so there were some things happening in my personal life too, where I just, I, I wasn't finding myself in alignment um, quite often. And that is where burnout for me just really was so heavy and so hard. And so I would ride these extreme highs and then dip into these extreme lows for the entire eight years that I worked there. And I finally decided to leave this district after I had a very, very emotional and public and embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my my teacher friends in third grade. We were a very large team. Uh, we were nine, nine third grade teachers and we had just gotten a puppy. This was fall of 2014. We just gotten a puppy the summer before, and he he took a long time. He's a bulldog, so they're very bullheaded, and uh, he was very hard to housebreak. So we had him in a kennel when we, were, when we were gone, and so we lived right down the road from where I taught. So I went home to let him out really quickly while kids are at recess, <clears throat> and he had just crapped all over the, the kennel. He was a mess. It was just – it was one of those situations where you're like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I only have 20 minutes. What am I going to do? 
I just completely broke down. And I don't mean just like frustrated. I had a complete and total panic attack. I could not stop sobbing, not just crying. I could not stop sobbing. I was hyperventilating. When I walked into the school and all of the teachers, as you often do when you're waiting for your kids to come into recess, they were all standing around chatting. I walk in and I, I'm trying so hard. Like it's so hard to tell the story. It makes me so emotional because it was such a rock bottom moment for me. Um, when I walked into the school, I was such a huge mess and I knew that I was a mess and I was trying to pull myself together. And I was in such an unbelievable state that these, these women who were my friends, um, and one man, by the way, um, we were all friends and they were, they cared about me. They looked at me and they all knew Jeff because he, my, my husband who had worked in the school for a very long time as well, they thought he had died that that's how hysterical I was. And imagine how underwhelmed that they were when they heard that I was in this state because of my dog. Like, come on. You know, like I realize how ridiculous this sounds, but it was all of these emotions that I had stifled and I had pushed down and I had said, you're so ungrateful. You have so much to be grateful for. You know, you've worked so hard for this. You know, your, your students love you. You have such good friends here. What is wrong with you? Like, I just wouldn't talk about it. And it, it, it eventually just came came out, came pouring out. And of course, you know, there were other events here and there, but that was when I really decided that something had to change. And at that point, which is where I feel a lot of teachers are right now, I just thought I have to leave. I can't do this. I don't feel like my, I don't feel like myself. I I feel like there's something else out there for me. I don't even know what, what the heck it is, but I have to leave. So I left and um, in the middle of the school year in December of 20, uh, 2015, sorry, so that was the fall of 2015. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, miss- I'm mixing up my years. It all runs together. 14, so in 15, January of 2015, I took over for an educational nonprofit as the executive director in our community. And I didn't, I didn't know numbers then. I, didn't, I wasn't a business person. I was a teacher. And I, unfortunately, I was misled to believe that I was walking into this really well set up organization. And it was not. It was. It should have closed when the executive director retired. Um, so I, I essentially led this organization just to close it six months later, which is extremely embarrassing. Like this was a very, very prominent organization in our community. And so I kind of looked like the fallout, you know, like the fallout person, the person that that failed it. So that added to this internal struggle I was having. I thought I had found the answer. I loved the idea of being a leader. I, I knew I didn't want to be a principal. And then that kind of all went down the tube. So I went to a different district, um, and, which is the district that I work in now, I, again. Um, but this was um, a new school, teaching first grade. And I, I was just Complete. I felt like I was completely overlooked. No, I didn't. I couldn't form any strong relationships with the other teachers. My principal was not present, not visible at all. He was kind of one of those gotcha principals. Um, he, I was just constantly like on edge. Like, okay, what is he calling me in for this time? Like, what did I do? Like, I'm trying to keep the peace, and I'm just like, I, I was just a. It, it was so so incredibly hard. And then. Um, so this was fall of 2015. I was really feeling very, very stuck. And I, I hate saying that word, but I, that's how I felt. And it wasn't until uh, April of 2016, I was invited to go to a Google summit here in Franklin, Indiana. And I was like, all right, I'll go, maybe I'll meet, meet some people, you know, 
I, again, I was just like, sure. You know, I'm, again, I'm extroverted. Like, I'm like, sure, let's do it. Let's go. And, um, so I went and I, I was, my eyes were open to becoming a Google certified educator and a Google certified trainer. And I wanted those badges so badly. Uh, it just like got me excited. And that's when I realized like this, this is, this is the answer. Like if I wouldn't have had that breakdown, if I wouldn't have gone through this burnout, if I wouldn't have taken that risk and even to use the F word, like I failed, I felt like I failed at least, I, I wouldn't have been there. I would never, I wouldn't, this other district I was in didn't do Google, like they didn't do that stuff, but this other district did. And that, it was April 8th of 2016, I bought the domain for burnedinteacher.com and I started blogging about the changes I was making. I started, I learned about this new book, which I feel like I lived in a cave until I was 34, but I learned of this new book called, uh, not new book, but uh, new to me, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. What the heck is this book? I mean, I, this is such an old book and I had no idea it existed. Um, so I started reading that book and started blogging about how I was applying it to my life and how I was becoming a Google certified educator and trainer and started leading workshops at our local education service center here in Fort Wayne and just felt that passion come back for not just teaching, but for being in this field and all of the possibilities that laid ahead of me, um, and so that was really the beginning. I mean, I can't just talk about where Burden Teacher came from without telling that whole story because I really did come from a very, very dark place. It was affecting my marriage. It was affecting my relationships with my kids, my my biological children, um, with my family. Like I, it, you know, burnout is is really uh, clinical depression. It's just it's a form of it, and I was really getting very, very deep into it to the point where it was full-blown depression at one point. Um, and, but now I can say I, I used my burnout as a catalyst for change in my life. And that's, that's really what I talk about, you know, on social media and on my podcast and in my book and in my course and community, you know, we look at burnout as an opportunity for change and growth. We don't look at, at it as a sentence, which is what I did for so long. And what I believe so many teachers are doing, like, this is just the way it is. Teachers just get burned out because they give and give in, of themselves until they have nothing left. And I call bullshit on that. Like, I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that belief. And beliefs are choices and choices can be changed, but beliefs are really hard to change, as I'm sure you're, you're well aware. I thanked Amber for sharing that because, wow, how vulnerable did she have to get in order to share the deepest places where she had been um, inside as she was dealing with and struggling with burnout in multiple areas of her life. And to tell us about how she was aware of it and brought herself out of it leads me into my next question for her, which is like, Amber, what is burned in teacher? Um, so I guess the best way to explain what burned in teacher is, is to, um, is to kind of really focus on what that first step is. You know, first of all, identifying, <clears throat> excuse me, identifying is I I feel burned out. Like I have no energy. I have no mental capacity for any of this. Like there's just not enough of me. There's not enough of this. There's not enough of that. 
And when when people go and they search um, burned in teacher, what they will probably land on is my teacher burnout quiz. So what I help teachers, yeah. So what I help teachers do is first of all, identify like what type of burnout am I experiencing? Because not all burnout is equal. It's not all the same. We don't all process it the same way. So I help them to identify their teacher burnout type. So you could be burned and over it, burned and unbalanced, burned and bored, or not quite burned out, but something is off. Um, And that not quite burned out, but something is off is really like that first twinge of, oh my God, is I'm not feeling the same that I used to feel. Like I'm dreading tomorrow and I'd never used to fear a Monday. You know, those Sunday scaries start to maybe creep in where they never have before. So, uh, So I help them identify their type. And then what I do is I help them to use that as a catalyst for taking some action steps, for trying some things differently based on their burnout type. And that eventually leads to helping them to address the mistakes they could be making, which are mistakes that I made, um, such as waiting for someone to come and and save the system and waiting for the system to change, Um, which I think you recently did a TikTok on something about the system. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, And about like talking about, well, when I have more time or when I have more energy or in the summer or when I retire in 25 years, then I'll, then I'll do these things. And and for me, it's about that be, do, have mentality. You know, if you want to be happy, it doesn't come from this over here. It comes from this in here. It comes from me saying, I'm going to choose to be a happy person. So I'm going to do the things that a happy person does so that I can have a life of happiness. I am going to, if, if maybe you're struggling with, gosh, my room is such a mess, I, when I have the time, I'll organize it. Well, if you want to be an organized person, then you're going to do the things that an organized person does so that you can have that organized life, whether it be at home or, or at school. Um, if you want to have better communication, you're not going to wait for the perfect time to have that hard conversation. You're going to be the person that is an open communicator and who is not afraid to have the hard conversations. This doesn't mean negative. This means knocking on a doorframe and saying, hey, can we talk about this? Um, help me understand, you know, where this is coming from or what I can do differently or how how this came across to you because I'm feeling some tension or, you know, it, this is a myriad of opportunity, right, when you change that mindset. And then with the burned-in process, the burned-in process did not start out as a process. I named my um, my business, if you will, um, I named it Burned-in Teacher because it was the opposite of burned out, okay? So you're burned out, you're feeling stuck, you're feeling, you know, like you have no no options. This is just, this is it for you. Burned-in is 180 degrees different. You feel empowered, you feel supported, you feel... Uh, most days excited. Not every day is perfect. This is not sunshine and rainbows, okay? But when hardship arises, you have a repeatable process to go back to to help you to be a solution seeker, which is something I know you want to talk about. Um, you're not you're not just focusing on the challenges. Um, you're focusing on what's challenging you that is within your control, and you're deciding what you can and cannot do about it. Uh, so the burned-in process turned into an eight-step process in twenty late 2017. I actually have a, the voice recording on my phone when I was driving to school one day where I was like, what if B was like, begin where you are? And it's like starting to identify like what brought you here. And you could be 
understand your teacher brand. Like we could talk about like the legacy you want to leave and the person you want to be. And R could be reflected. Like I have all this on a voice recording. It's so cool. Um, and that's really where it turned into a small group program where I led some teachers uh, through this eight-step process and really got their feedback and what they, you know, how they were growing and how they were using it in their life. And it just got tremendous feedback. Uh, so I turned it into a course and then I turned it into an ebook and then it was a published book. Um, and of course, the podcast was created through all of that. But all of it is about not being a perfect teacher that has it figured out, but being a teacher who is prepared for when things get hard so we don't crumble and quit at, like I did. So we don't feel powerless. So we don't feel like we are worthless or that we aren't strong enough to handle these hard things because what we do is very hard because it's very important work. And so, so burned in is so many things, but really what it is, is it's a process to help teachers to process and to not remain stuck and not remain hopeless and not remain so unhappy with this one life that we have and to feel like the only way out of burnout is out of education. And with that being said, I have to say this, burn-in teacher is not this, you know, I'm not toxically positive. I'm not saying that every day is sunshine and rainbows. And I'm also not saying that maybe leaving teaching isn't the best thing for you. For some people it is, but for some people there's there's one of two things that maybe maybe leaving teaching is not as easy as saying I'm done. Maybe you're the only one in your family who carries insurance and it's the only place that offers it in your small rural community. Not everybody has the privilege of choice of just leaving. That we'd like to think that everybody does, but they don't. And the other thing is is you know teachers like we've already talked about that say I love this job so much. I love, I have goosebumps right now. I love these kids. I love being a teacher, but I hate the way I'm feeling. I hate it. I hate the way I'm talking to myself. I hate, I hate some of the things that I do every day so much. Is this, is this it? You know, I. So I asked Amber to take us through what teachers can do if they're experiencing what she just described, which is. Teachers who either don't have the option of leaving the profession or teachers who don't want to and they're feeling torn because they absolutely love their kids but they don't like how they're feeling or how they're talking to themselves or what they're experiencing. What can teachers do? And this is what she had to say. I think there are several factors. Um, and, and one of the main ones being that burnout comes from a misalignment between you know what it is that you want to be doing every day um, or your why of why you became a teacher is not in alignment with what you're actually doing every day. And, and what it comes down to, honestly, is, is there are things about every single job out there. Name a job. There's going to be something about it that sucks that you don't want to do. So, um, so that's something I've realized from because a part of my story that I did leave out accidentally is that, you know, in 2018, I actually did leave teaching for three years and pursued burn-in teacher full-time because I was doing Google training and I was having to say no to going to schools and teaching teachers how to use Google in their classrooms and things like that as a trainer. So I thought, I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes, I'm going to try this. And, and I did for three years and for a new, for a, a high number of reasons, I decided to go back in 2021. Um, so this year is my first year back after three years out of the classroom. And so I, I saw these things happening. I, I heard, you know, I heard the cries for help. I, you know, I was very aware, you know, my husband was a principal during the pandemic and 
So I absolutely, it was, it was like, <laughs> it was like teachers were, were swimming, you know, without a life vest. And then someone handed them a baby, like <laughs> the pandemic was like, here, here, try this. And you're just like, we have to keep the baby alive, you know, like, and you're drowning. Like, it's like, things can't get worse. Oh yeah. Watch this. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I heard those things. I think, um, I think in those moments, and, and here's where I want to make sure that I'm very clear about, <laughs> about where I stand as far as burned in teacher is concerned, is that burnout's not your fault, but I do feel like it is your responsibility. And that's where I like to come in and say, you know, I get it. This, this really sucks. This is very, very hard. But we have to decide where we're going to move on from here. And, and some commonalities between what I've seen with teachers who have seemed to just, um, you know, it was hard for them, but they kind of rolled with it, is that a, a few things. Number one, they have, ver they, have a, they have clarity. They have such strong clarity on why they're doing what they're doing and what their values are, not just as a teacher, but as a human being on this earth. They have a rich life outside of the classroom. And that is something, you know, I, I strongly believe you can't self-care you, your way out of burnout. We can't. Um, self-care is nice. I love getting my nails done. I sometimes like a bubble bath. I love running. You know, those things are all great. Going outside, going for a walk. Um, but these people who have seemed to, to move through this more graciously without just completely, you know, losing their love of teaching have been people who have kept their focus on the most important priorities above all of the hardship. And I know that I know that that sounds it sounds super easy. It's not. It's it's freaking hard. Um, but they have dedication and intention about where they spend their time and where they spend their energy. They are very aware of what lights them up outside of school. So for my family and I, it's hiking, it's it's traveling. And I know during the pandemic, those things you know, traveling especially was taken away from us. But they, these people too, and, and people that I work with, we really work on that hardship. Most of the time, there are certain things that happen to people that are not always so temporary. You know, the loss of, the loss of a loved one, right? Something that traumatic that happens that is just unimaginable. However, outside of that, hardship can be temporary if we choose to focus forward. And not focus on the challenge, but focus on solutions that are best for us. And this is where I got so freaking frustrated when I was struggling with burnout because I knew, because I'd Googled it. Like Google was a thing by, you know, 2010, 11, big time. So I'd Google it and then it would take me to this thing called Pinterest. Then I'd see all these lists of things I should do. And I'm like, I'm doing these things. Why am I so miserable? And that's where I was like, something's wrong with me. This is my fault. I am ungrateful. I'm a bad person. I need to shut my mouth and I just need to go to work and do my job and leave. And that didn't work either. So what I've really found that has been something that helps people is to really gain clarity on why they're doing what they're doing, where they want to go, and really thinking deeply about steps they can take to get there. And, you know, for so long, I have seen myself and, and other teachers kind of like that proverbial, like the, the fly that like bashes itself up against the window, like trying to fly through the glass, like 
we as human beings know that they can't do that, but that's what we do ourselves. We keep trying to do the same things over and over, have the same conversations over and over, spend time with the same people, and we expect different results. And and the, the fact is, is it the burn-in process seems simple. Like I could tell you all steps right now. It seems simple, but it's not easy. Um, you have to change your beliefs. You have to change how you spend your time. You have to change who sometimes who you spend your time with. For for us, part of my burned in journey was we actually sold our home and moved out of the community that we were living in because that was contributing to my burnout. Just it was not a place that was aligned with our family's core values. And it it really it made such a huge just like it did for me to move from first grade to second grade. You know, picking up and moving was not easy, but it was so necessary and made such a huge difference in our overall happiness. And I think sometimes we tell ourselves this narrative that I could never do that. I could never do this. I, I could never, never. And I think we need to really explore that because sometimes our nevers are the answer. And our our nevers don't have to be like a wall. Like they don't have to be. So uh, it, it takes a lot of internal <laughs> internal self-awareness to start to realize how you could be holding yourself back from your own happy and fulfilled life. Um, but that's what I was doing. I was blaming everybody else for my unhappiness. And I I know now that there was a lot that I could have been doing differently to, um, to get myself to a different place. But in the end, I really am grateful for, for all of the hardship that I, that I did experience because it brought me to where I am now. Um, which I think is kind of that, that TikTok you were talking about the other day. <laughs> so I asked Amber what teachers could do if they think they might be feeling burnt out. How do they determine what level of burnout they are at and, and what to do next? And so she talks about her burnout assessment to determine like at what stage of burnout are you and also the, the eight steps. So let's hear what Amber has to say about the eight-step process for burned in. Sure. I can quickly just take you through. Yeah. And actually, you know, when people find out their burnout type, really when they, um, and in the, I lay this out in the book and um, in my course, they, uh, next is to identify how burned out are you? Like there's a spectrum. So there's stage zero that's completely and totally burned out. You're actually thinking of quitting. You may have already quit. Um, all the way to stage five, which is burned in. So there are these different stages you can be in and different feelings and beliefs and things that you might be saying um, throughout. So I help, um, they help teachers who, who are reading the book and who are in the course help them to identify where they are. And that's where these, these steps and these modules and lessons and these chapters inside the book really align well with these stages. Because if you don't just read the book, but actually do the things, you're going to move through these stages um, to become a burned-in teacher. And I said it before, I'll say it again, burned in, being a burned-in teacher does not mean you're walking around with a smile on your face all day, you know, and there's butterflies and, um, and bluebirds just floating around your head. Like, that's not at all what a burned-in teacher is. A burned-in teacher acknowledges how, how he or she is feeling and says, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? And what am I going to do about it? Is there anything that I can do about it? Is there do is it something I have to let go, let go of because it is truly out of my control? Or is my next action step one of those pieces of radical self care, which is having a hard conversation, or checking myself, checking my own ego, 
you know, or, you know, doing something a little bit different in my classroom with my kids, learning something new. Um, so that's where this burning process is. So I already said, uh, first step, step one is begin where you are. So this is where we really kind of reflect on what brought us to where we are, um, right now. Uh, step two is understand your teacher brand. This is where we talk about, um, who you want to be known as, what you've maybe, um, maybe some self-awareness, internal and external self-awareness that you need to gain so that you can move forward and maybe tweak or change your teacher brand. Um, Step three is reflect on your challenges. And this is really reflecting on challenges that you are facing every day and doing a couple of steps to realize, are these things within my control? If they're not, I have to let it go. I cannot keep complaining about our government. I cannot keep complaining about our state. I I am choosing not to be a state representative. I am choosing not to run for office. Therefore, I have to let it go. And I am going to do the best I can with, with my classroom, with with what's in my control, um, and then becoming more solution aware. And then nurture your strengths and habits, which is the next step, which is step four. This is really thinking about what are your habits? Who are you hanging out with? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Because those habits are going to change your brain. They're going to change your perspective. They are either dragging you down or they're pushing you forward. And, um, and we really have to pay attention to the conversations we have because, for example, conversations about politics, conversations about, you know, all of these things that are wrong with education, how it wasn't built for us to be successful, et cetera, et cetera. Those conversations are changing nothing. They are a waste of my time and they are a drain on my energy and I do not engage with them. Even with my, my extended family, like Jeff knows that if he, he and he's, he's a pretty pod, he's a, he's one of the good ones. He's very positive, proactive person. Um, he actually keeps me very grounded in that way um, because I'm very turbulent. I know that about my personality. But um, it, it, with my mom or my brother-in-law, like they'll bring stuff up about like gun policy and, and stuff like that, you know, with what happened in Uvalde. And I'm like, I, I can't change it. There's, there's nothing that I can do. Like I can reach out to my representatives. Outside of that, I, I, I have nothing for you. I'm not going to argue with you because ultimately that's kind of what they're looking for. Like they want to have a discussion about it. I choose not to engage. And that happens at school too. I choose not to engage in conversations about other students, other teachers, my administrator, my government, unless it is, can you help me? Like, what can, can we do anything about this? Like what, like people know if they come to me, they can come and vent to me, like come and bring your problems to me. But you better know that I'm going to say, how can I help you? Because I'm not going to have this, this one-sided negative draining conversation without seeking solutions. So uh, nurture your strengths and habits. That's really about, you know, learning more about yourself, your personality, and whether or not your habits are taking away or adding to your strengths, making you, you know, consistently leveling up, leveling up. And that does not mean like climbing Mount Everest. You know, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like you living your best life for you. And if that's getting home at 430, so you can read a book on your back porch with a cup of sweet tea, that is your best life. Go for it. Like do what you got to do. Uh, the next step, step five, is extend your reach and possibilities. So this is kind of really going back to those challenges and your habits and thinking about, okay, where where can I learn more about how to change this? Like, is there a podcast I can listen to? Is there a book I can read? Is there a course I can enroll in? And I can tell you, this is what I did this year because I really st- I've never taught kindergarten before in my whole life. I absolutely love it. It is so hard. It's so hard. And I love it so much. Uh, 
but some of their behaviors were like mind blowing. I'm like, I have never encountered this in my 13 years of teaching. And there were some days, I'm not going to lie, I was in my principal's office in tears, frustrated. It was not a sobbing episode, I'm telling you right now. It was nothing like that episode I told you about earlier, but it was that I'm so frustrated and I want to change this. How can, help me? <laughs> like, you've, you've seen this. I've never seen this before. So they gave me some action steps to take, but then I went out and I enrolled in some courses on classroom management and behavior management, and they changed everything. I did not wait for someone else to come and offer me PD. I went and sought it out myself. You can learn anything online. So I went out and found my own solutions. <clears throat> uh, the next step is determine your long-term goal. So this is really thinking about, do I want, is my goal really, do I want to just stay in the classroom and be fulfilled in being a teacher and embrace the hardship and focus on clearly what my values are and who I want to impact? And for me, that's, that's my ultimate goal. I want to stay in the classroom. I do not have a goal of leaving. And for other people, that's not the goal. Maybe they want to become a principal. Maybe they're a principal and they want to go back to the classroom. Maybe they want to leave education. It's okay. Like that, this is your life. There is not one right way for you to determine what it is that is best for you. And no one else can decide this for you. So um, that's a really big step there. And then I is initiate lasting change. So you know a goal without a plan and action is just a wish. So initiate lasting change is really helping you to, to create habits that affect your growth and help you to actually bring these changes that you want to see into your life. So monthly, weekly, daily planning. This is where we get into the hard stuff, which is that discipline and intention. Like you can say you want to have six-pack abs. It's easy to say that, but it's really freaking hard. Like you have to pay attention to everything that you do and everything you put in your body if you want six-pack six pack abs. <laughs> but if you want to attain this goal in your life, you have to be really disciplined and intentional about where you spend your time and your energy. And if, if your goal is to remain in the classroom, and like I said earlier, to get home by 4.30 so you can spend time with your kids or your grandkids or your husband or your partner or, heck, to go home and take a nap, that's a completely relevant goal. It doesn't have to be climbing. If you're not somebody who wants to keep moving that goalpost forward as far as climbing the ladder of, you know, of – uh, your organization or your school, that's okay. That doesn't have to be, that can be other people's goal, but it doesn't have to be yours. And then N, the, the second N is never settle. So this is all about resilience and gratitude and what happiness really means. And what do, what does it mean to be a burned in teacher? Does that mean I'm, I'm never going to face hardship again? So really it's just about understanding that this burned in process really is not linear. It's cyclical. And the next time that something starts to creep up, the next time something comes out of nowhere and blindsides you, you begin where you are like, whoa, why am I feeling this way? Okay, I know what brand I want to have. I know I want to go off on this person right now, but how would somebody with the brand that I want to be known for, how would Amber Harper, the burned in teacher, handle this? And, and so forth and so on. Reflect on your challenges. Okay, this thing that just happened is it within my control? Do I have to let it go? <laughs> or what's my next step here? So you see now how this becomes part of your being. You know, if you want to be a burned-in teacher, then you have to do the things that a burned-in teacher does in order to have whatever it is. that. You and just to make sure you understand, Amber does not 
think that we should be wearing burnout as a badge of honor at all. She has a story, obviously, that she, that brought her to where she is, and she's grateful for what she's been through. But hear what she has to say about our personalities and all different personality types and wearing that as a badge of honor. Yeah. Well, and add to that that we are a profession full of type A perfectionist control freak people pleasers. And we're all in one building together, possibly being led by a type A control freak perfectionist people pleaser. That is these personality types that some people kind of wear as a badge are the people who are are at highest risk for burnout. And that's in every profession, not just in teaching. Anybody that considers themselves a perfectionist, type A control freak people pleaser will burn themselves out because they're always looking for that gold star. They are the ones that want, yes, they want that external validation. They they want those awards. They want, um, you know, they want to be known as going above and beyond when what we find is that people who are less prone to burnout, again are very clear on what their job title is, what their description is. And in some cases, good enough is just good enough because we can't give 100% of ourselves to every little thing that we are tasked with. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't try, you know, and I don't mean try to give 100%, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to do our best. But I think that we have to be very careful on saying, this is the best I can do within my capacity right now. Well, and something really important that you hit on here is her self-talk. You know, those stories that we tell ourselves, those, and a lot of times the lies that we tell ourselves will make or break our career. Because outwardly, I was, I had it all together. I had it going on in that, in that school, my first school that I taught in. But inwardly, I was telling myself the nastiest, most horrible things. And that's what broke me. And it, it really, and that's, that's where we really have to focus our, uh, some of our energy, especially at the beginning of this journey on what stories am I telling myself about myself, about my students, about my administrator, about my career? Because what we have to, what it comes down to is we have to have rebuttals. We have to tell ourselves, you know, if you choose to name your, that nasty part of you, you have to have rebuttals. You shut your mouth because it's not true. Or I know that you're lying to yourself right now. I have proof because you X, Y, and Z. You know, we, we talk so much about having compassion for our colleagues, compassion for our students, but we have zero tolerance and zero compassion for ourselves. And that, especially as type A perfectionist control freak people pleasers, is is so damaging. I know what Amber has been sharing with us this episode is so, so helpful to all of us. And, you know, if you are not experiencing burnout, you definitely know somebody or have a colleague friend who is. So please send them to Amber's website. She's going to share her information on how to get in touch with her with us in a minute. Um, so that they can connect with her because, you know, she's been through it. She's somebody who's experienced it and is now helping others to get through their burnout and become the opposite of that, which is burned in, which I think is really cool. 
Uh, you can find me at my website, burnandteacher.com. Um, that has all the information about, you know, how you can get the book, you know, what I stand for. Um, I, I do speak virtually and in person. Uh, you can learn more about the Burnin Teacher University course. Um, just all things Burnin Teacher there. You can find me on Instagram or on TikTok at Burnin Teacher. And I do have, um, of course, my podcast is on the website as well. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then um, I do have a private, uh, a Facebook community for the podcast. So if you go to community.burnedteacher.com, um, you can, it'll take you to our, you know, you do have to request to join. I want to make sure I'm letting teachers in. Yeah, I do. I do read the answers to every single person that requests to join because I want to make sure the right people are getting in. And um, really, we just reflect on podcast episodes. I do encourage people, if you are being challenged with something, Put it in the Facebook group um, because we're here to help you. We're here to support you because unfortunately, not everybody has that support in their school. And I should say too, you know, the burned in teacher, uh, hacking teacher burnout, the burned in teacher university course, you know, this is not just for teachers in the classroom. You know, this is, I've had, I've had some uh, school leaders go through it. I've had, you know, uh, there are schools that are doing, uh, that are reading hacking teacher burnout as a book club. Um, and I have, coaches that are in the program. I have librarians, you know, so this is not just for a classroom teacher. You're so welcome. I'm so, I was, I'm so honored to have been asked to be on your podcast. So, I mean, how amazing is Amber? I wanted to thank her for being with us and spending time. Um, she actually doesn't usually do podcasts around this time because she's busy working on getting the burned in teacher ready for a new group of teachers to come in or a new group of participants and she took time out to to be on our podcast and I'm really thankful to her. Um, I encourage you to reach out to her. We are sometimes we feel like we're in this alone and I want you to know you are not in this alone. You have people who are out there whether they're next to you in your school or out in virtual world where I am, where Amber is. So make sure you take that time to check out her website, get connected with her, follow her on social media, because there's a great community out there of teachers who are burned in and helping other teachers to do the same thing. All right, until next time, take care.